Welcome back to SpaceX PLR. We have another episode with, as always, special people, special guests. Today is another uh, episode with another special guest. Today we're covering agriculture, space agriculture, uh, maybe more specific, and how we can grow edible crops while being on Moon and Mars and probably talking about Mars a little bit more. Uh, any innovations that currently happen in agriculture? I mean, this is a very fascinating topic. Anything regarding to humans traveling to space, human sustainability. So that's an important, important subject. So I'm very happy to have David uh, Davi Souza today. Uh, so he's going to be talking about all of that and more. Uh, so again, thank you for coming over to the show and looking forward to just digging into the soil and uh, finding out all these great things that are happening right now in agriculture. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Fedorovas. And thank you for your public for having me here and listen more about space agriculture topics. No problem. Look, happy to have you on because as I said, it's a very important subject. Again, you're the pro at this, uh, I assume, right? So we're looking to get more insights and personal myself, I'm very curious to find out what's happening. Uh, again, any type of research that you're working on regarding space agriculture. Uh, so again, as a kind of, you know, starting this conversation, I think it, it will be good to understand, I mean, what type of research are you currently doing in the space agriculture? And maybe with that, uh, maybe you can give a little bit more of your personal background. Uh, well, I am currently uh, electrical, an electrical engineering student here at uh, Federal University of Rio Grande do Norte in Brazil. And um, once I realized that it's possible to correlate the electrical engineer side, especially on the control and automation side, um, with agriculture, I got fascinated. Uh, starting that, I never realized that I was uh, doing this thing in space especially in space, um, but I started, I started to go deeper and deeper and I started to, uh, and I went to Professor Julio Rezende, which was uh, a mm -hmm. previous participant here. Um, he's the coordinator of Abdatimart Space Analog Station. And I mm -hmm. came to him and I told, hey, you have an area for a greenhouse. Uh, what do you think we put that to start? I am more on the system side like how to implement, how to deploy the system, the how to um, deploy the, the devices and technological systems inside a, a greenhouse, inside a, a controlled environment for agriculture. And then uh, we have started this research over there in the semi-arid region of Brazil. It's a really uh, hot area with high temperatures, a lot of droughts, and um, it's really challengeful. And then we realized that, okay, if we can do that here, we can uh, think how to implement that in space. And so uh, me and Professor Julio, we started with an area of 12 square meters in a greenhouse with one aquaponic system. And then uh, the habitat Mark greenhouse, which also is called uh, biohabitat. Mm -hmm. uh, we have more than 160 square meters of area with three different systems. And then, uh, I, I went more deeper in the area. I started to uh, look for looking for studies on the ISS. Also, there is the Eden ISS, that, uh, which is located in Antarctica, and many other studies. And well, I, I really got fascinated, and I I realized that okay, this is what I want to do, and I, I'm getting more uh, enthusiastic with the topic and really go deeper and deeper. 
as I as I can and as possible. Fascinating. So look, this is a, a, a really good stuff. And again, that you're working on and I do understand because obviously I had, you know, uh, Yuli on a podcast before we discussed what's happening in Brazil with the Habitat Marte. I mean, you know, I understand the conditions right now. I mean, that you're facing, you know, I understand a lot. Obviously, I don't want to talk about that on a podcast, what's happening there, but it's, um, it's really great that you're taking these steps towards uh, making that type of research, even with Habitat Marte, because I believe all the habitats, uh, same as Georgian Research Space Station, as we're working on right now, is just going to be an additional piece to uh, this bigger picture, which is us as humans going into the orbit, which again, we're doing that right now, and going beyond that, which is to the moon and Mars, right? And the next step is having that sustainably, living as, as sustainably, right? So a lot of research has to be done on, on psychology, physiology, but food, agriculture, there's another spectrum that's uh, very, very important for us to pay attention. So I'm very happy that you're doing your own research in, the, in that space. So can you talk about some of those... Uh, uh, some of those uh, things that you integrated from engineering perspective uh, to make those uh, automated and, and sustainable solutions for agriculture? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I realized that food is also an engineering problem. So uh, us that are engineers, we need to focus on, on the food systems. We need, uh, we need to, to, to bring our expertise uh, in these topics of engineering, how to optimize, how to implement that, syst that systems in an efficient way, how to operate uh, with low cost and um, like saving energy and other resources. Yep. And then uh, all of that is expertise. We need to come up, put everything together and just apply. Okay, my, my background is especially on the sensoring side, sensoring automation and microcontrollers. And then um, I got a prototype at home and started to implement that, that small prototype for Habitat Market Greenhouse. And um, I came up with, I, I called a monitoring and control case. I called also Frank's time. It was my first, my first project over there. Um, and I, I built this, this uh, control unity to bring the data from the sensors like temperature, humidity, that, that are, these are really important uh, factors that uh, we need to measure inside of, of a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. But also uh, like considering that the Abdatma is located two hours from my city, from my city and also from the city of Professor Julio, um, we, we cannot be there all the time. Yep. So the automation aspect of, implementing automation over there like to uh uh put the irrigation system the water pump to to work on and the lighting systems the ventilation systems this is this is really important and also to have the measurement remotely and online and in real time so uh putting that uh the sensorings the microcontrollers putting that integrating that with the uh, iot uh, background like, okay, we can have the measurement, we can collect data from our cell phone and understand, okay, the system is working well, these parameters are in a good rate, but if we find uh, any uh, disturbances inside of the system, we can, okay, I, I can just tell to Professor Julia, hey, 
let's check up the, that. Let's go to Abdati Mahathi and see what is happening with the system. Uh, if it's really necessary, right. because if we if the system stops, we lost the we lose the food. So yeah. the same perspective can be applied to space. The astronauts will be committed with other many other activities. The agricultural activities will be not the main focus on in space life, like let's say Mar uh, on Mars. Uh, so the astronauts right. will be committed with biological other biological research, astrobiology geology and many other topics uh, but they need to to have an interface to make agriculture easier yes. like we say that um, it's really common to have uh, agriculture as an activity that is hard we are um, we have this sun really strong over our head it's really difficult to conduct agricultural activities but uh, we are like we are in a new era of agricultural side, let's say on the technological side, we are implementing a lot of technology that make these things easier. And uh, we can have agriculture, like we have a, a display showing our, uh, all of the parameters and it's, it's easier. Like for the astronaut, they just can have a, a report. Okay, these measurements are good. Uh, throughout the day we have produced uh, that amount of biomass, uh, it's necessary to uh, like separate the edible and non-edible, like uh, giving some reports, some insights about the system. And for now, um, I am moving not only for the sensor, but on the data and applying AI and machine learning, artificial intelligence and marsh, much machine learning uh, aspects, like how to integrate that data that I'm collecting from the sensors and how to have more good insights to support even more uh, of the agricultural activities, not only on Earth, but also in future in space. Very much agree. This is uh, the right step towards the right direction to making that step, right? To implementing AI, which, you know, a lot of people, including myself, still don't understand fully. I know what it means, artificial intelligence, machine learning, it's that those words being thrown around over there, you know, like for the people, most of us, again, including myself, don't know in depth how the technology can work and benefit. We understand to some degree, uh, but again, you know, we have to work towards that, right? Including as much as machine learning and AI type of technologies into uh, agriculture, just because making everything automated. Uh, again, it's just, just explained in, the, in a situation where you see that something is going wrong with the crops. And again, the, the, just the crops could be affected. You cannot be there present. You're observing that remotely, but still, if you see there are some variations and need to, you need to fix that, you need to go there yourself currently, right? To make that change, which in the future, I do believe you will like to make as much as automated process. So maybe you can talk about that. How do you envision to having this automated process from uh, planting and harvesting? Is it gonna be full cycle process that, that automation is gonna do everything by itself or would still human will be involved with parts of some of the process? This is a, a very interesting question, Mr. Fedotovic. Like, um, I realized that during my research on Habitat Martin, um, I believe it, it will be a, an integrated thing. It's not totally fully automated system because we still have the psychological side. We know that plants can support the, the, uh, the well-being, the psychological, not only the physiological, but the psychological well-being of the astronauts. So they need to interact 
uh, with the crops, with the system. And this is a thing that it's really important. Like the technology is not to do everything, is not there to do everything. Technology is there to support the astronauts or the farmers. Yes. So uh, we can have an interface, okay, to collect the data, but it's, it's still necessary to have the greenhouse uh, as an area for like for the astronauts just to relax and be there near of the of the uh, the green the plants, you know, that is still necessary. So if we put everything automated, the astronauts will lose this amazing opportunity. I can say by myself, like when I went to Abdat Mart, the Bioabdat greenhouse, it's the best place in the station for me. You know, it's I, I call it my living lab. And well, uh, it, it's it's a really necessary thing, uh, considering space, considering the effects of isolation and all of that stuff. It's it's still necessary to have uh, that interface that is more um, more realistic one that the astronauts we go there, we see the crops, we will interact. I call it human plant interaction. Uh, they will be interacting with the crops. And the system will be there, the automation systems, the, the technological systems will be there just as a support tool. So this is a thing that it's really important. We cannot have, we can have, we actually can have like a uh, almost fully cycle that can be automated and AI can really support in that like AI, as you mentioned, you are not on the background, but it can support on forecasting, we can support on like, okay, we need to do a maintenance. You can support on the uh, appropriate level set points for the systems, you know. And uh, this it, it can be really useful uh, considering space because we need to know some, we need to have some predictions on the systems. Like, okay, with that amount of, of biomass that has been produced, we can have food for two months. So it, it's, it's, is it necessary for the astronauts to start a rationing or not? uh how much the storage you know like if there there are some of some of that variations the technological aspect will be there to support but like doing uh really uh producing the crop see that growing and uh, like interact with the crop it is necessary and we cannot uh just live there for the technology we need to we, we need to play in the game you know <laughs> right right so, so look, as we're discussing the process of tracking the harvest, right? Tracking that the seeds are are are, are growing the way that we want to, and we're expecting again the, the the food production that we had there as part of the plan. This is the number, and this is what's going to happen. Okay, it's going that direction. But what about making the first step? Because obviously, I don't think that's going to be the situation that we're going to start delivering uh, the dirt from the planets to, to the dirt, uh, this dirt to moon and Mars. So are you doing anything, uh, any type of research regarding planting uh, anything, any sort of a vegetable, you know, any sort of a seeds uh, by using simulated regolith, uh, let's say from moon and Mars or anything like that? Because soil itself is going to be an issue. So how do you think that problem can be tackled when it comes to growing, growing plants? Uh, well, uh, using the regolith, uh, over the area of Dutbach, we have a volcanic area. Mm -hmm. It's called Cabuji Peak Volcano. Uh, it's an extinct volcano, and there are a lot of basalt uh, rocks over there. So with the basalt rocks, there are some other studies that have been conducted by NASA, by JAXA also, 
Um, and we, uh, we started to collect some samples of basalt and we conduct a, a geological, uh, mineralogical um, specification. Uh, we have a soil over there. It's near of the neck of the volcano. There are, it, it start uh, like the, ve the, uh, the, the vegetation start to decrease and we, we have more basalt. And that soil over there, it's the best one because the, the, basalt, the basalt rocks uh, are like deteriorated with the time. And that soil has a lot of components that are from the basalt. So we have collected that samples and we moved that. We, we came up and we put over there in Habitat Marti. Uh, for now, I am I'm not near of the station. I am in another state. I came to Sao Paulo. But when I, I, I was there, we, uh, Professor Julio was, uh, was buying a greenhouse, a small greenhouse, prototype of greenhouse. Uh, to start to, uh, to conduct some research with that soil and see if it's feasible uh, to start producing over there. So we realized it for now that it's necessary to, to conduct some processing. Like, okay, we still are to really um, like uh, mimic the situation of space, you know, make it really analog. So um, it's necessary to, we still have some biological life over there with that in, inside of that soil. It's, it's a thing that we cannot uh, control, uh, but it's necessary to make some processing on the soil, make it uh, more um, like, uh, um, looks looking like more a sand, you know, more, uh, more feasible to the roots and uh, making that easier to, to, to really grow the crops. Because, because as I mentioned, that soil is still located in a semi-arid region, semi is still, a, a, like has a lot of has faced a lot of droughts that in that area so we have a soil that has changed a lot and we need to put in a situation that would be the best for the crops we are seeing that phase we are conducting some um uh, some research uh in other uh, we we are looking for other research that are doing like almost the same thing another one it's the, another brazilian researcher uh, rafael loredo he's an astrobotanist and uh, in Winston uh, State University, and he's conducting a good research with also a, a, a Marsinland. It's the, I believe it's as Exolab, produced by Exolab. So he's conducting good research, and he has developed a kind of uh, technology, a small, um, let's say, a small capsule with some biological samples that support uh, like the microbiome of that soil, transforming the, the regolith. Because regolith is one thing, because there it's not feasible to grow crops, and we the idea is to transform the regolith in a soil, uh, really a soil that can produce crops. Right. Okay. So so the question now is obviously uh, probably more than a few uh, who are watching or listening to this episode seen a movie Martian. Right, probably including yourself. So, what do you think will be uh, a good solution again to growing something on Mars? I mean, is it going to be just like in a movie? So it's going to be the first thing is going to be potatoes, or or are we looking for some other sour sort of a vegetables and, and and seeds and like what what are the options? The best options for us to start growing while being on Mars? Uh, well, this that film is awesome. Like, it, it's a good start <laughs> to to go deeper on, on that topic. You know. 
uh, for people who doesn't know space agriculture, that film is really good to really uh, present what I'm doing and other researchers are doing. Um, but well, regarding the, the type of crops, NASA is conducting a lot of research with leafy greens like lettuce, uh, Mizuna, and many other uh, leafy greens. This is really good because uh, the like the life cycle of the crop is uh, like it's shorter. Uh, it has a lot of amount of nutrients. Um, it's easier to grow into LED lights, you know. Potato is, is really interesting, but also um, I watch, uh, I watched a, a webinar from Dr. Joya Massa from NASA. She, she's the responsible of veggie. And she told that, okay, we still don't have a, like a, any technology for cooking in space. Like we didn't have a, a kitchen. We have a, a dinner table for now, but at ISS, we didn't have something to cook the potatoes. So it, to process, really process that food, you know. Uh, but it's, it's feasible. Like we have many years ago, we have some research of Dr. Wheeler, Raymond Wheeler, another excellent researcher in the area. Um, he has produced potato in a hydroponic system. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. He, and he, he had good results, but it's, it's still necessary. Okay, we are in that phase to really move to the, let's say to the moon and, and then go to Mars. We need to, we have the payload. Payload is money, <laughs> costs a lot. And uh, we need to, it's necessary to start small. We need to, to develop small prototypes, uh, small systems like that are modular, but also scalable. So I would say for now, from my current experience, I'm, I'm working in a, a vertical and urban farming here in Sao Paulo. It's mm -hmm. a big uh, urban center. Um, here it's called, we call it Pink Farms. And at Pink Farms, we have like in, a, in an area of almost uh, nine, nine, 900 square meters, uh, we are able to produce almost two uh, tons of food, of leafy greens, especially lettuce. You know, oh. this huge, you know, um, and uh, that system are modular and also scalable. Uh, it's possible to increase that production in a bigger area and have more amount of food. So we are uh, using the vertical solution, the vertical farming solution. This is also necessary to start to uh, put in that systems, uh, that idea of modular and scalable. So, and also there are leafy greens, there are, uh, okay, the roots, uh, crops, but also I would say the microgreens. This is a kind of crop that are, are more familiar, are, are becoming more familiar to us. At Pink Farms, we, we also produce microgreens. Um, and it's really awesome because the life cycle of, micro, of a microgreens is one week, is uh, a really nutritious and also delicious crops. Uh, like it's small crops that, uh, okay, we can have uh, microgreens of carrot, we can have microgreens of many other crops, but we, they are smaller and uh, it's easier to, to produce. Uh, it, uh, it's required less amount of lighting, you know, it's, it's easier, uh, it's cheaper and it's uh, really nutritious. Right. Very interesting. So again, I love the fact that you're working right now on vertical farming and uh, I've seen locally, I've seen some of the bigger kind of uh, hotels slash cafes are doing that in-house as well. 
where they have vertical farming and they produce their own uh, vegetation you know for the food that they do in house which i think it's 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 cool it's just awesome to look at you know the all these led lights and just the facility on itself you know it's it's great and i think this is you know a lot of great research can come through that and again it, if implementing something like that in a analog station with aquaponics and hydroponics so um, the question that I want to ask is regarding uh, water, right? And maybe we can scratch on our life support systems uh, at least a little bit, uh, because I just want to talk about the closed, uh, closed loop cycle that's happening in the habitat while you're taking a shower. When, where does the water go? Is it uric? Is, is that being used for hydroponics? How does the cycle look like? Maybe you can explain a little bit more to the people. Like, how do you envision the scenario of just using that water which again in on moon on mars it's going to be very scarce until we're going to figure out how to extract that water uh let's say from the you know meteor like from from the craters on moon and mars uh that you know water can be trapped in that you know kind of icy bottom what do you think uh, about the just like life support systems and having that closed loop cycle to to reuse the water as much as we can while being on mars uh well, starting with the system, with the cultivation system, it, it, it is necessary to uh, um, have the, that closed loop into the system. Okay, we can start with, uh, let's say on Habitat Mark, we have an aquaponic system which produces crops and fish. And uh, it's a totally closed loop system. We save an amount of 90% of water because the water go to the fish, go to the plants and turn back to the fish tank and it, it's closed loop, you know. But if we go, uh, if expand that idea, um, even taking the bioregenerative life support system, not only the water, but also the, uh, the biological aspect of like algae, it's also mm -hmm. a useful resource, yep. uh, a useful technology to support astronauts, but uh, regarding to that, the water issue, um, okay, the shower is a good thing. I would say the gray water is more useful for agriculture because uh, it has some, uh, some nutrients, some rests of nutrients, you know, like, okay, we wash the dish. We have that amount of, of food that is like wasted. That, that food is useful. On Habitat Mart, we have uh, a system we call Biomart. And uh, it's a great raw, great water collector, and, and like we, we just um, filter that water. You know, mm -hmm. we have some uh, um, some worms over there, and uh, like they just clean the water, and, like do the mineralization thing, and uh, just deliver the nutrient, the water, uh, this the nutritive solution. Let's say like that because well, it's water with nutrients. Um, and deliver that to the crop. So uh, on the shower, I would say that it, it's still uh, useful to have, to implement that water in other systems. It's important to, to look for uh, what, where we want to deliver that water. We can have, we will, be, we will have different sources, but to close the loop, we, have, we can have different closes, uh, you know, different loops uh, over there. But it's necessary a, a minimal treatment for that water uh, to really go to the system. Because uh, even on cleaning side, you know, like we, we don't, we doesn't want to have food on the water of the crop, you know, that, that food that was wasted. So it's necessary to have a, a treatment, a filtering system, uh, but that, that water is really useful to that, that 
also algae can be a technological support on that thing like algae can do the, the water treatment that are necessary to provide uh, to, to be provided to the crops so it, it uh, i say that on the technological aspect all of the technologies all of the solutions are really welcome on especially in, in space you know like if we uh, the idea is to integrate all of that thing. How we can integrate all of that, that technologies, that solutions that are available to us to make things really happen in space, make that, that system effective. Yes. Well, exactly. And I think we're forgetting another kind of closed loop system, which is you know happening right now in the International Space Station, because obviously they're expecting the payloads, uh, which again, as I mentioned before, it costs a lot, right? To, to make a payload uh, for any sort of a supply, if it, it's either oxygen, water, clothing, or you know, food or anything like that, right, that they get delivered. Um, another closed loop system, that means that you have to drink your pee, <laughs> which uh, not directly, but it's gonna be filtered, filtered right? Uh, but again, because water is really scarce while being on in space. And obviously you cannot eat for longer that you cannot drink. You know the, the water the fluid right so so that means using everything that you have even you know filtering your filter filtrating your pee and drinking that again if, that, if that's what it takes i mean that, that's that's what we have to do at least for now right so but i want to talk about another big problem that we have because you know a lot of people talking about why do we focus on space why do we focus on space industry there's all these problems here in the planet which of course i do agree 100 percent. we need to focus on that but there is a but, as you probably expected, because of the space travel, uh, we, we as people, we as space agencies, private companies, found out a lot of, a lot of great initiatives game that came through that space innovation. So another big problem, and maybe we can you know, talk about the solutions that could be there, is again obesity, right? Big problem, uh, you know, how do we tackle that? So what the ways uh, you think just doing the research and, uh, and exploring space and going into space. So what type of technology or either uh, new foods, maybe algae-based foods or anything like that, they can come up that we as people can consume and have less obese people here on the planet? Sure. Uh, well, uh, I, I will start with a good thing that are happening in some analogous stations. Eat cockroaches, you know, like it's insects. So this is a type of uh, cockroaches have a lot of protein. It can be a, a meal, you know, so it's, it's useful. All of the, the things that are delivered to space, we already know, we know really well we are in the sector, um, that space is here not uh, to like do a competition with uh, sustainability on earth, you know. We are here to support, we are here to deliver, okay, we have investments, uh, we on space technology, but we also have investments to have that space technology available. Like, okay, how we can, if we deliver that, I, I say that, okay, if we can grow crops on Mars, growing crop in a desert here in, on Earth, it's easier. Uh, like, it, it will be easier, you know, to have us that if that system operate well on, on the Mars atmosphere, it would be uh, operating really well here on Earth. So. Um, you said really great, like, okay, uh, people are saying that we are losing a lot of money, time, energy, uh, energy, like our energy to put that efforts and making things happen uh, in the space sector. Uh, but 
I realized that, uh, especially on the app.math research, we do the relationship of a semi-audio region, which is really scarce, uh, like food is really complicated over there. We, we depend on, on the drought, we depends on the rain. The droughts didn't, like, didn't allow that. And we need to think in a different way. Okay, I would say the greenhouse aspect. We, we can like minimize the use, we can like put to zero the use of pesticides. We can, have, we can grow a bigger amount of crops in the library that, that crop, avoid waste, you know, like here in a urban farming, I'm seeing that we, we have, if we like in a normal chain, uh, agricultural production chain, um, if we have a life cycle of that crop, like, okay, after, after um, harvesting, um, we can have 10 days uh, to eat the crop. Okay, if we lose five days, just to deliver that food to your table, that's not feasible because you still have, you just have five days to eat that crop. But, okay, if we, if we are cultivating near of the big centers, we can have that, that crop that it, it will be available for more time and it will be avoiding waste. So um, these things are minimal things that can really support, especially on like to avoid hunger, to support. Mm -hmm. I would say it, it's really recently, uh, um, I, I believe that the UN has tweeted something like, okay, if you have an amount of, of the, 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 uh, the money of Elon Musk, we can avoid with hunger in the world. So he, he told, okay, um, if, if, you, if you really show what you are doing, you can do that. Like, it's, that's awesome. It's like a space initiative. Elon Musk is doing that for space. Imagine that he applied here to her, you know? Yeah. Like, but I also would say that uh, we are the main agents of transformation. Like, we yes. have that specific knowledge. We know that space is visible to us. We know that space is here to support. So what we can do for now, uh, let's tell people that space is here to support. Like uh, when I start talking that, okay, I, I'm researching about space agriculture and people are just like, oh, oh that's awesome. Uh, why you do, you do not apply that here to earth? And I say, okay, we have that thing that are being applied, systems that are being applied for space, but we can have a lot of insights how to implement that system here on Earth. So yes. saving water, avoid waste, saving energy, you know, having uh, less labor, you know, like yes. workload. That's also interesting because people will be losing less time in the agriculture, but we, they, they can be committed like, okay, my, my agriculture system, it's working well. I just harvest and I can come here in like um, a, a small market, a local market, and just sell it to you. And this will be increasing economy. Like uh, we are migrating. I would say that we are not, we, we cannot be only sustainable anymore. Exactly. The sustainability, the sustainability like we, if we continue sustainable, like the uh, the impact that we are that climate change are producing are higher, so we need to be regenerative. We cannot stay in line. We can we need to increase that uh, that regeneration of our ecosystems and all yeah. of that. And this can can really support that. Not only on money aspect, you know, on on cost like support financially, but 
uh, space can support and many technologies like motivate people. I, I was I was really motivated with space and space agriculture research. You know, I can I I I'm, I do not see me, myself anymore doing anything else. I I am I like besides the the electrical engineering side, the background, I am on the agriculture side. So, but how I can use my background and support agriculture. Space is the same thing. People in space sector has that specific background, but how they can use that background to support agriculture and to support many other things, to, to face like societal problems at all, you know, not only hunger, but uh, like poverty, education, like it's for a kid to have that crop growing at school. That's awesome also, you know, yeah. like, it's really motivating and it it can be changeful uh, like it can be changed in, uh, in like passing the years you know like implementing some um some educational initiatives using agriculture at schools like at, uh, like for youth for children you know they will be more um like familiar with that thing and maybe they can go to that sector and try to help something like it's really common here in Brazil because Brazil is, is a country that is really on the agricultural sector. Uh, but uh, if we have like familiar uh, families that are, that are doing that on uh, cultivate that on agriculture, like the, the children of that farmers usually doesn't want to continue that, that labor, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, okay, my father is a farmer. I don't want to do that. I want to do another thing. I want to go near uh, to the human centers. I don't want to stay here. But I want to be or want to be a TikTok influencers. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yes. Um, but okay, it, it's a, a thing that, that I, an economy that their father, like or mother, are conducting, are making happen, and how they can support, like the children can have that idea, like that educational aspect at school and just, hey, hey, father, hey, mother, I, I saw that at school, that can be useful for, for the, our cultivation over here. Like they can use that knowledge that they learned at that school, uh, that applied knowledge with hands-on also, and just support their, their family, you know? Yeah. This is a, a, a small perspective, a familiar one. But yeah. if we increase that, we can build an ecosystem like to really cultivate crops uh, that are that are more healthy and really support that agricultural chain that uh, that we are uh, usually uh, that, that the common way you know like for now. But this will with the years this will be not common. This will be like totally unsustainable. We need to agriculture need to be uh, uh, like faced with a thing that. That can be can benefit us not only on our health, but in many ways. Like also to motivate. I, I got really motivated. I, I can tell you by myself. Um, I, it, it, this That's is amazing. awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So I, I do agree with you because uh, again, for you, uh, space agriculture. I mean, that's that's in your vocabulary now and it's like for you it's nothing new for a lot of people this again kind of it's a very new term you know space agriculture what it is how does it look like for other agriculture companies the big ones out there and maybe even smaller farmers 
using geospatial data from satellites, it hasn't been anything new for many years right now. And they're applying that to get better harvesting, better crops. So this is through different base maps and different approach, you know, collecting data samples through satellite imagery of, you know, of the, of the ground. So this is nothing new already. I mean, this has been implemented through commercial space already through satellite imagery. But again, I do believe that there is a lack of communication. And that's what I wanted to have you today on the podcast for more people to see and become so they can implement this word uh, space agriculture in their vocabulary. And so that can become for them kind of just a regular thing, as I was saying. For us, it has to become a regular thing. And we have to understand that because of that research that you're working off, uh, a lot of spin-offs uh, that will be beneficial for people will come up. And again, tackling these big things, as you're talking about Elon Musk and, you know, poverty and, and hunger, which is, again, a huge problem, not even, you know, obese, obese people. Probably the biggest problem is, you know, lack of food, right? That's even bigger problem. So how do we can tackle that? Again, it's part of your research, part of the, you know, many people, again, in NASA Space Education, private, you know, individuals or companies, just like you who are working towards that research. So this was really, really good stuff, you know, and I appreciate you again sharing that today with us. Thank you very much. It's uh, an amazing topic. Uh, yeah. And uh, as I said, it's necessary to us that we have that expertise. We have that knowledge to spread that knowledge, not in a technical way. Like mm -hmm. it's necessary to be common, like a, a, a discussion, a common discussion, like, okay, if we can talk about politics, we can talk about football, uh, we can also talk about agriculture, you know, yes. like uh, even space agriculture, oh, oh my, like it's, it's really common when I, when I talk about space agriculture people, oh, that, that film, The Martian, uh, yeah, like you can start over there, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's necessary to, to re, really common, as you mentioned, to stay in our vocabulary and be more familiar with that thing that, okay, if we doesn't eat well, we cannot think well, we cannot study and have knowledge, you know, it's, it's a, a thing that, um, let's say, uh, everything is integrated, you know, like yeah. our healthy, our, our thoughts, our creativity, like, I, it's really common to me, like, okay, I've, I will do, um, I will eat a salad over here, and I start, I, I will do not only exercise, but I will do my research over here, you know, like it, yep. it's, it, this is stimulate creativity and many other aspects. Yes, agree, agree. So definitely we need more topics, you know, as, as you're saying, you know, politics and, and football and, you know, talking about religion, which again, in, in Brazil, I believe all these three things are talking about football. Because all those three things are just football and religion and politics uh, in Brazil. Uh, but uh, look, it's, it's awesome to have people like yourself, you know, who are doing that research. And again, I do recommend for everybody, uh, again, for those who are interested uh, to get in contact with Davi, you're going to find social media links and his email in the bio. So make sure to do that. Ask him questions about Habitat Marte and you know, missions that they're working on. Get in contact with Julio. He's very approachable. So, you know, connect with those people. You know, if, in, if you're in Brazil, I would recommend to do that even more because obviously making collaborations or just exploring ideas, it's, it's always good because... Uh, look, all the habits that's out there and the people, individuals who are involved into doing the research and the work that they do, 
look, we just adding value to this big picture, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. So, and for me, it's all about speeding up the process, right? Uh, it's either not even to go into Mars, but, you know, tackling problems while being here on the planet as well. So guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and make sure to pass it along to your friend because I mean, this is a great, great message and probably it's going to be a brand new message for a lot of people here. Uh, so make sure to do that. Davi, again, thank you for coming over. Uh, thanks for the knowledge, for the time and uh, looking forward to continue to, to look uh, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, if, if I got a chance to, 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 to see what you guys are working on and, and just seeing uh, following on social media, I mean, it's, it's really good stuff. Uh, and I wish you a lot of a lot of breakthrough moments in your research. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your words, your support, and uh, also the interest of people of the public. Yep. Uh, feel free to contact. I'm really uh, viable, and it's I love to talk about space agriculture. Um, well, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, David. Okay, guys, thank you for watching, and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care.